1: Social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivero. here's with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, you know, I I feel like I'm getting a, a, a taste of the, the California weather out here in the East Coast this week. We are just flanked by wildfire smoke, and, you know, I feel like that's like a regular occurrence for you guys, right?
2: I'd like to say no, but that would be a lie. Yeah. yeah um, every year in the summer, we're covered in smog and fire, so... Uh, welcome to my world, Steve.
1: Yeah, I don't envy it, uh, but that's what we're dealing out here without here. Um, but we are very excited for today's podcast. I saw a article this week about with a quote from OTAs, which, I mean, always give us the best quotes. And I just decided, Johnny, it was time for us to play our favorite offseason game which we call "Do We Give a Shit?" where we go through the depths of off-season topics and quotes, and decide if we care about these or not. Now, I did Johnny's. I uh, Johnny sent me a giant list of topics. I grabbed a bunch of quotes. I honestly haven't read them all in full. I thought it'd be more fun if I just grabbed the quotes, read them on the pod, gave my live reaction. Uh, but one of the topics you sent me was the Leonard Floyd news, which I think we should do before we get into the game because uh, I don't know it's too relevant to the game. But Leonard Floyd signed a one-year, $9 million contract with the Buffalo Bills this week. He joins Von Miller, Taylor Rapp, David Edwards, and Traven Howard from the 2021 Super Bowl champion Rams that are all now on Buffalo a pretty decent deal for Leonard Floyd, I guess. Uh, he, apparently, he took less money from Buffalo that he apparently could have gotten more elsewhere. But who knows if that's true. Uh, but what, what do you make of the deal? What do you make of the numbers and the situation for Floyd?
2: It tells me a couple things. It tells me that, uh, well, first of all, the Bills are definitely all in to uh, you know attempt to make the Super Bowl again this year it's been something they've been doing for quite some time but uh you know adding another potential star here is is a uh, maybe Leonard Floyd isn't a star but he he's no slouch man um and this also tells me that Von Miller may not quite yet be ready um you know week 1 in uh from his injury so this could be more of a you know, just in case type of signing. Um, And I I think it's the right move for them and probably the right move for Leonard Floyd too because I don't know how much i buy into the idea that he could have gotten more elsewhere because if that were the case, I don't think he'd still be here.
1: Well, I I think, and this is the reason I think it might be true uh, because he said he signed with the Bills because he wants to win instead of taking more money elsewhere. And I'm sure, you know, there's probably slightly more money elsewhere. It's an easy thing to say and do when the Rams are still paying you a shitload of money. That's true. So you, you have a little bit more flexibility with yourself there when your former team is paying you a ton of money. I don't think it, you know, Matt, I don't know how much the Von Miller thing plays into this. Uh, It's a one year deal. It, it's it's a lot of money for one year for a player, but it's not a huge commitment. And when you're a team like the Bills, who have a really complete roster, anyways, and are trying to win at all costs, well, not at all costs. They don't want to be the Rams. So, you know, maybe they never will win one. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's just a win now move. You know, it, it probably means it's less likely that Miller is ready by week one, but I. I don't think it probably it probably didn't play a huge factor into this. Uh, uh, Floyd was, you know, maybe I don't want to say the best player available right now because DeAndre Hopkins to still out there, but definitely one of the best players on the market. Period, right now. No question. Shall we get into the game then?
2: Yes, I've been dying for this game.
1: Okay, so we've got a lot of fun. Quotes topics today. I'm going to start with the topic that made me decide I wanted to play this, and that is a quote from Ernest Jones in camp. Uh, He was asked about the best matchups he's seeing this spring. He said, the matchup that the DBs get against Tutu. The O-line's really communicating well, but that matchup with Tutu, Tutu's really taking the next step. I'm super impressed with the way he's attacking the ball right now. His ability is showing right now, and he has some great ability. So Johnny, do we give a shit about this this quote from Ernest Jones praising our guy Tutu Atwell?
2: Listen, I'm all for uh, I'm all for teammates, you know, trying to amp each other up. I think that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, do I particularly give a shit? Not really. I first off, this is coming from an inside linebacker who isn't even the one responsible covering. Tutu well. And the other thing is, because he's doing so well, and mind you, this this isn't even training camp, this is OTA, so you're not even in full pads out there. This is more indicative of what this means for your secondary, who is which is severely lacking depth, than it is on Tutu. Now, don't get me wrong, I am hoping that that's the case. I'm hoping that Tutu's showing some, uh, you know, flashes of, of greatness out there because we could definitely use him in the 2023 season, but I'm going to reserve my judgment until we get into like, you know, training camp. Uh, I, I doubt we see him in preseason, but um, yeah, <laughs> a, until he has pads on and until we can get a better look at him. I, this really means nothing to me. I'm really interested to
1: see what they do with this preseason because like like you're you're not gonna play. Obviously, you're not gonna play Stafford or Cup or or the Vets. But like, there's like five of them, and you don't really have the clout right now to not play your entire team in the preseason like they've done in the past. Like, can you have so many spots on the team, particularly on defense, that are gonna be filled by like first year starters? Essentially, some it could end up being like undrafted free agents or rookies this year and i wonder if they're just really gonna sit everybody again uh i the fact that we're sitting here saying is like, not gonna play in the preseason insane he's probably not gonna but uh <laughs> i don't think he's earned it and him roasting the worst group cornerback room in the nfl in touch football uh i i truly do not care i <laughs> Ernest Jones and Tutu came into the league together right same draft class probably the first yes, I believe so. probably the first player they met respectively on the team maybe they're boys uh maybe he's just giving his guy a shout out I'm sure tutu's been pretty good in this too but I will not be investing in this. The Rams waived undrafted free agent running back Tyon Evans. I actually do kind of give a shit about this because, like, I, we, and we talked about this recently when they released a couple other guys. Like, what did he do? What did you do that prompted this? They didn't sign anybody. They were just like, no, we've seen enough after, like, what, a two days of camp?
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's a very good point, you know. There's not a lot that has happened so far. And you would hope that, you know, you get these younger guys and you hope that they get hungry to go out there, especially considering that this roster is aiming to be filled with a lot of, you know, younger talent. Um, I will say this, though. Running back is one of those positions, one of the very few positions that there isn't a ton of openings for. And in reality, you know that three spots are taken with Cam Akers, um, uh, Zach Evans, and uh, Kyron Williams. Uh, And and then basically, if they decide to carry a fourth running back, they seem to really love Ronnie Rivers. Uh, So it's going to be tough for a guy like, you know, for any undrafted running back, for that matter, to kind of leapfrog over Ronnie rivers as well. So it basically tells me that the Rams are going to keep a few, uh, because I I believe there's what, like maybe one or two other undrafted free agent running backs still on the roster. They're probably just going to be kept for the preseason and then just going to be last minute cuts.
1: Yeah. And and I'm not, sitting here saying Evans is gonna make the team you're definitely right I, I, I some of these guys can't obviously beat out Rivers in camp I think but say so the other three guys are pretty much locks so, but yeah like I, I just feel for guys when this happens like they get their lifelong dream and make to the NFL and they don't make it to August like they don't really get a fair shake to make the team like that just that just sucks not I don't think he was gonna make it anyways but to really not even get a chance to prove yourself at all. Um, like, I, I I just don't get that logic. It, it's not a numbers game because they don't have a full
2: roster. He, he barely made it to June. Yeah,
1: man, like, that sucks. <laughs> Poor guy.
2: Yeah, I, I am hoping that uh, they, they ultimately, like, hold on to him, uh, like, his number or whatever, and, you know, just in case injuries come up, maybe they can – add him to the practice squad or something, or he gets an opportunity elsewhere. But yeah, I, I did have high hopes that he would at least make things interesting, but yeah, didn't get really a huge opportunity here.
1: Didn't get any opportunity. <laughs> That's
2: true. Jesus, That's
1: man. True. Uh, next time on the docket, if you didn't see today, uh, give it a quick Google. The Jacksonville Jaguars announced their, Plans for their new stadium. Everybody was quick to point out that it looked a lot like SoFi Stadium. I could tell you, Johnny, I absolutely do not give a shit about this whatsoever. Uh, We (laughs) built this really nice stadium. State of the art. Of course, people are going to copy it to an extent. What do you expect?
2: Yeah, Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, huh. I wonder if it's true, if it looks... And, yeah, I can kind of see why people kind of got the idea it looks like SoFi Stadium. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's a stadium, guys. You can only change it up so much. And since the Rams Stadium is clearly one of the more better-looking, newer stadiums out there, yeah, it's going to be held to the standard, the newest standard. And you know uh, i guess you can chalk this up to uh you know imitation is the greatest form of gratitude you know
1: yeah like it's modern stadiums i mean like the defining feature of the ram stadium is a fucking screen yep you know like <laughs> it's not it's not like we're fenway park and another team announces a baseball stadium with a giant blue wall in the outfield instead of green like i that's another topic. I don't understand how the Red Sox are allowed to have that wall
2: and nobody, nobody else has it.
1: Baseball is fucking
2: it, weird. It is weird, um, but that's what makes baseball baseball.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Every team's just got a different size field. Imagine if our field was 130 yards. Like, <laughs> it's just so it's so crazy to me.
2: It's like yeah, we're we're adding our own flair to uh to our <laughs> yeah. to our stadium. we it's gonna be 130 yards, so uh. Yeah, um, make sure you <laughs> have a good running back or a good quarterback because you're not scoring if you can't go above 100 yards.
1: <laughs> there, not to get off on a baseball tangent, but there was a game in Mexico City recently, right at that park that I heard was basically like a little league field. With how short it was, the over/under for the run line in this game was 20 and a half. It was the quickest I've ever ran to a gambling app uh, and just pressed the under and i won cuz it's baseball they scored like 10 total runs <laughs> 20 and a half who's betting the over
2: i you know what i f- i wish i knew that man what
1: a fucking crazy line yeah i honestly forgot to tell people about it cuz i don't i'm not a big give gambling tips guy out cuz no, I, I i do decent but like i'm not that confident that was crazy that i was like please
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Some juicy preseason quotes here. Sean McVay, he's impressed with some guys. The versatility of some of the offensive linemen, particularly Joe Nopum, Steve Avila, and Trey Tremaine Ancrum. Here is his quote. I think similar to what you've seen in years past, being able to move mixed guys around. The thing is, the good thing is Tremaine played everywhere at Clemson. He's been able to play on the left and right side. Steve Avila, really, his background is an, as a center, and then he played left guard last year at TCU. So I think what what you said exactly is what we're hunt. I'm sorry, I'm butchering this quote. Let me restart that last line. So I think what you said is exactly what we're hunting up, figuring out the best the f- best five combination in regards to figuring out who the starters are. There's still so much football to be played, so many things to be evaluated. but I like the way that, that both of those guys were playing on the opposite sides last week. They flipped this week. It's only going to make us more versatile and then it'll be awesome in training camp to be able to get John Open back in the mix whether he's playing tackle or he's playing inside. I've been really pleased with Tremaine and Steve. They've done a nice job in particular. What do you make of this quote, Johnny? Do we give a shit?
2: Uh not really. I mean, I guess it in a, in a way I guess you should give a little bit of a shit because Sean McVay is happy that he's gaining, you know, the versatility that he basically drafted for. That's great. That's fantastic because that's pretty much what he's done every year since he's become head coach is draft and sign players or offensive linemen that are versatile so that you can move them around. So is that anything earth-shattering? Not necessarily. Um, So in that regard, it's really nothing different. Uh, as far as, you know, some of the other guys, I guess it's kind of nice to give his players a shout out, you know, saying you're doing a great job for, you know, playing two hand touch. Um, yeah, in, in that I I will be a little bit more excited, uh, during training camp or the preseason when we start actually seeing some action going, this is just literally coach speak.
1: They're trying different combinations in June. What a... (laughs) The maestro himself, Sean McVay. This is what they pay him the big bucks for. Yeah, I... I mean, it's exciting. He's encouraged by these guys. But, like, I... Offensive linemen in OTAs. Let me tell you. The thing I care the least about. (laughs) Just the... (laughs) The absolute least important players in OTAs, I think, are the guys in the trenches. Let's see it in August. Uh, I am genuinely excited to see how this plays out in August and curious, but we are not going to learn much until August. Here's a, This was actually one of the more interesting quotes we have. Uh, if you've been scouring the web this week like us, I'm sure you saw Dan Campbell's comments. The Dan Campbell, for those who don't know, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, talking about Jared Goff and what he's become between his stop in L.A. and his stop in Detroit. Campbell said along the way he's matured as a quarterback. I mean, he's a better quarterback than he was there, in my opinion, because he can do more things. He's mentally on it. We've come light years ahead of where he was two years ago when he walked in and just started to teach him protections. He's got a real good grasp of where the issues are, where the problems are, and that's something we wanted him to get good at. That's something we wanted him to get good at, and he's worked at, at it, and he's improved. He continued. We asked him to do a lot more, in my opinion, than what they were actually doing out there. They had a lot of pretty good pieces out there, good defense. I just feel like I know from speaking with him and watching him the past two years We put a lot of things on him where I'm not sure that was ultimately what they were doing. So, like, I don't really give a shit about this quote just because, like, he's correct in every turn here. Um, I feel like the big conspiracy theory around Goff's time here was just McVeigh was telling him exactly what to do in his ear every play. I don't know how much I fully believe that, but um, he's obviously doing a lot of different things and probably doing more decision-making in Detroit. And I mean, is he better than he was in 2018? It's hard to say because he had so much talent around him. Is he better than he was when he left here? I don't really think any sane person would ever act like he wasn't.
2: Yeah, for sure. I First off, like Sean McVay has been, you know, doing his coach speeches with uh with his offensive linemen, other coaches are gonna do the same. Dan Campbell is gonna definitely do that with Jared Goff because they invested heavily in Jared Goff and you know, basically players around him with this trade with for Matthew Stafford. And you know what? You can make that argument that um uh, You know, Jared Goff might be thriving a little bit more in Detroit. Uh, You know, sometimes a change of scenery is what's best for a player. But at the same time, you know, could he have thrived in L.A.? Maybe, but in the end, does it really matter? Even because, again, Matthew Stafford is the one that got the Rams to the Super Bowl, and maybe wasn't the sole reason they won the Super Bowl but he was the one that got them there, and they won it. So, yeah, it's kind of a non-issue there. Um, chalk it up as Dan Campbell hyping up Jared Goff like any good coach would.
1: Well, let me ask you this. If we had last year's version of Jared Goff in 2021, did you think we'd win the Super Bowl?
2: I think it's a, uh, I think it's a possibility, but I'm not so certain. You know, I, I on one hand you can you can probably say yes because Jared Goff he was pretty good last season, but um, at the same time Matthew Stafford I feel like was also like a part of what helped him get the Rams to the Super Bowl was not only. Talent, of course, but um, some kind of veteran experience as well. This is a guy that is kind of known for coming back um, from basically on the brink of losing a game to somehow miraculously winning. So in that sense, you can kind of give the edge there to Matthew Stafford. But I just I don't know, like Jared Goff. I, I think is a very talented player. I think that's something that cannot be denied, but some players are really talented and some are, you know, good enough to get over and win the big games. And it's hard to say yet, whether that's Jared Goff or not.
1: Yeah, it is tough to say. And I, I would say that like, they definitely could have won in 2021 with this version of Jared Goff, um, as they could have in 2018, uh, when they had him at his best or, maybe second best. Um, but I, w- I would say Stafford was the better option that year. Uh, just so what you said, the intangibles. Not that Goff doesn't have good intangibles, just like that clutch gene from Stafford. He never backs down. Um, but I'm happy for Goff. Here is to make they actually got asked about this. He said, I think Jared's played at a really high level. I'll tell you what, though, when you watch what he did last year, he played great. And I think he's because he's so conscious, repetition is the mother of learning. The more you play, the more you learn. You really see he's able to get through progressions quickly. They're asking a lot of him. He's got a lot of different guys involved, took care, great care of the football. And so I think he's only gotten better. He played really good football here for us, really grateful for those things. But I was really impressed with just the way that he led and the way he ended up demonstrating a lot of things that we want to embody, that mental toughness. I think he was like 29-7 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions, one of the better ratios and threw for a bunch of yards and they were one of the top offenses. I was really happy to see how well he did. I think that's probably a fair assessment because he's only getting better. So I mean, yeah, it's it worked out for everybody. We're all happy. Nobody's nobody's upset by that trade.
2: Nah. no, nah, no whether you're a Detroit fan or a Rams fan, nobody's upset with this trade. I I think in the end, the Rams got what they wanted. Detroit is definitely on the right track to getting what they want. So, um, yeah, all things are good for both teams, And if you ask me.
1: The Rams ranked number 11 on Forbes's list of the most profitable franchises in sports. They were fifth among NFL teams behind the Cowboys, Patriots, Texans, and Giants. Uh, Fun fact, I thought about the list. No MLB or NHL teams were in the top 25, not even the Yankees. Uh, it's mostly NFL and then some soccer and NBA in there. I will say, I actually do kind of give a shit about this, not because of the fact that I want billionaires to get richer. Like, I do not give a shit about Stan Kroenke's wallet. I just we weren't even sniffing this 10 years ago. So it's pretty cool to see how much they've uh, elevated themselves.
2: It's kind of interesting because when, whenever you talk about the Rams, especially uh, the fan base with, with the Los Angeles Rams, the first thing that comes to mind is that they lack a fan base and, you know, that's, you, you could definitely make that argument. You look at some home games and, uh, sometimes they you know the opposing team far outnumbers you know the the actual home team. and that's generally not a good sign. but the fact that somehow the Rams are one of the more profitable franchises and, and not even just in the NFL, but in sports, that's a big deal. like how how is that even possible all things considered? And it basically shows you just how good of a businessman that Stan Kroenke is. So, um, you know, I'm kind of with Steve on this that I don't really give a damn about Kroenke's wallet. But it does make me feel good that the Rams are in good standings, at least as a franchise.
1: Now, if you're going to try and detract from this and say, well, they moved to L.A., obviously they're going to be higher than they were in St. Louis. The Chargers are not on this list. So they are not. They are not in the top 25. So, you know, that means the Rams are building something meaningful here. And, yeah, like, we are probably still one of the smaller fan bases in the NFL. No offense, everybody. But um, as I've said before, I think we are treading forward in a positive direction. And, you know, the fact that we have, like, even in a lot of those games, maybe not last year because we're stunk, but been games over the past couple years of the run where our fans were outnumbered but they're still loud and you could still hear them even when we're playing against some of the more popular teams in the nfl so i think i I think we're growing i i i feel optimistic that the rams are going to be able to they already are but continue to build a really solid foundation in la for a long time (laughs) this one this one johnny um and I actually added this. I saw this quote, "Rahim Morris, uh, in terms of replacing Jalen Ramsey as the star quote unquote on the defense, that's not saying he's like a star player, but there's a position for cornerbacks that Jalen Ramsey filled that they call the star. He listed, I'm just gonna read the quote. It's hard to even mention Jalen because he's like the prototype for every position. When you talk about what it is, it's really the increased toughness. It's really it's really the short space quickness. And when you put a guy like Kobe Durant and you put a young uh, Sean Jolly in there, they definitely have those tools and those attributes. They definitely lack the size that Jalen had, which is kind of unique. But those are the things we look for. Those are the things that you look for in just around the league in general. And those guys that we have right now are going out to getting those reps and are certainly showing those attributes and being able to do some of those things. Jalen provided sort of a unique ability just with his size, either outside corner or wherever you played him inside. I don't think it really mattered. He's kind of unique in his own right. So I do give a shit about this quote, Johnny. And here's why. When we talked a little earlier about Tutu Atwell and how he was uh, kind of making a mark against our secondary. And then later on, you hear that they are testing out Sean Jolly to replace Jalen Ramsey, we had that Doomer podcast a couple weeks ago where I said that this could potentially be one of the worst defenses ever. Uh, it's just reminding me why I said that, that we are naming players who could potentially replace Jalen Ramsey. And not even talking about how outrageous Kobe Durant as a Jalen Ramsey replacement is in theory. Uh, he's the one of the higher drafted guys in the team. Kind of one of our only options. We're throwing in. Sean Jolly as an option here, and I am just
2: losing my mind. Yeah, I, I, when I saw, cause like, I forgot thing, he was on the team. <laughs> yeah, I, th- that's kind of the funny thing is, um, when I, when I saw this quote. I knew that, first of all, Raheem Morris has to answer this question. And there's no real way to answer this question without saying, well, we're fucked, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's no real way to do it. So you have to bullshit it somehow. And this is his way of bullshitting. Who knew Raheem Morris was in marketing? But... (laughs) Well, no. in, in his defense too,
1: he basically said, yeah, it's impossible, but here's your answer.
2: Yeah, that's true. He he did admit, and, and, and it's true because it's something everyone realized that there is no replacing Jalen Ramsey, nothing short of getting another star replacement, which the Rams didn't. So you have to use with what you got, and to sit there and say that Kobe Durant is anywhere near the talent that Jalen Ramsey is, is just comical at best. Now, I, I love Kobe Durant. I think he has a lot of potential. He showed some flashes last year, but Jalen Ramsey is not. And I think Kobe Durant himself would probably tell you that. And as far as Sean Jolly goes, you know, I I know that the Rams did hold on to him for a reason, And I I had figured that considering the lack of depth that he would be on the team, but to sit here and say Sean Jolly is going to be the guy that's going to be your next Jalen Ramsey or close to him, oh, boy, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. And, And no offense to the guy because, I mean, we really haven't seen much of him because of injuries, because of lack of opportunities. But that should tell you everything you need to know right there. You know, it, it's it's kind of depressing almost that this is what it's kind of come down to. Now, I hope, I hope very much so that Sean Jolly ends up becoming this out of nowhere talent and just shocks the hell out of the NFL. Um, but be <laughs> realistically speaking that's not happening
1: yeah I, I mean yeah as always would love to be wrong you know i i, I root for everybody on this roster 99.9 percent of the time a few slight exceptions over the years but uh sean jolly is not one of them i hope for the best uh we just literally have no evidence at, at whatsoever. that he can be a player on this team. One of the craziest off season hype campaigns, Johnny, I have ever seen. I pulled three quotes about Puka Nakua today. Uh should I read them all together or should we go quote by quote?
2: You know what? Let's go quote by quote because I'm so intrigued if they're any different from one another.
1: <laughs> okay, so we'll start uh we'll start with Cooper Cup. Talking about Puka, uh, Puka Nakua, if you forgot, fifth round draft pick by the Rams at wide receiver. Coop said, yeah, he's pretty special. I think he can. St- if he can stay on a good trajectory, he's going to be a very good football player in this league. I love the way that he attacks each day. He's got a great feel for the game, great feel for leverage, running routes. You come in, you're running new concepts and things like that. Things that you've done before, you can get open, might not fit within the realm of things that we want to do here, but he's just transitioned so quickly over understanding what the parameters are that he's able to work in. He's got a great feel for attacking leverage, how to stick things, his timing on when he needs to show up for for things, and he's asking the right questions too. I think that's a big thing. He's asking the right questions, and as he gets more reps over and over, as he gets to see these things, he's just going to get better and better. So I'm really excited about him and the steps that he's going to be able to take over these next few months so like not to d- discourage against coaches here but i actually think cup saying this probably holds a lot more weight than what we're about to hear from mcveigh and the floor and i guess i do mildly give a shit about it just because he's um not that puka is a is a total small school guy he played at byu um but like cup is a guy who talking about things like the transition from college to the pros, especially for him as a one double a guy or what is it? FCS now, I guess they call it. Um, you know, the, the things he's saying in here at least sound valuable and it could be total June speak, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I give a shit about his quote here.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely think you bring up a good point about, uh, you know, his his uh, quote having more uh, weighing you know a lot more than uh, than you know something what a coach would be you know just hyping up guys what the kind of the difference with, with cups quote is that he actually gave um, you know specific examples as to what he's liking not oh yeah he uh, Nakua is doing a great job looks real sharp out there well shit I hope so. You know, it's <laughs> OTAs, you, you know, at least with cup, he's saying, you know, something specific. And one thing that he said in particular is that he's asking the right questions. That's awesome. That's something you want to see in a young player. And more importantly, doesn't cup sound like a future head coach? Oh uh, yeah. If he wanted to, I, I think he could coach. Absolutely. And I, you know, who, who knows, maybe he will be a coach for the Rams, man. Uh, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, uh I I do I do kinda give a shit with this quote because yeah, uh I I do like the fact that Cup gave specific reasons as to what he was impressed with and uh here's hoping that continues going into training camp.
1: Let's go to McVay. It's been really impressive how quickly he's gotten up to speed. I think you can't say enough about Eric Yarburg, KJ Black, Jake Pete's. Um, I believe those are Yarbers a receivers coach. Right. Yeah, Yeah, he continued. Those guys have done a great job, and he's really conscientious. Matthew Stafford has done a great job of really just kind of taking him under his wing and being able to get it, just help give those little nuances, having Cooper back. So he's smart. He's conscientious. It's hard to really compare to anybody because a lot of those guys, whether you talk about Robert Woods' first year, Cooper Cup's first year, having Watkins, but then ended up having Brandon Cooks, There's been a standard set in the room where there's been these really conscientious players, even if you go with Josh Reynolds, how quickly Van Jefferson has done a great job of grasping the offense. And so he's the guy that we're expecting him to come in, expecting him to be able to contribute and compete. Every spot is going to be earned on this team, but I really like what he's done, and I think it's a credit to everybody around him and conscientiousness. Like, Jesus, dude. How many times do you just say conscientious? Am I pronouncing that right?
2: (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah uh, So basically he he essentially just said exactly what we were talking about earlier. He wasn't very specific. He basically said, yep, d- doing a great job. love love the, the process he's going through. great, great. yeah, all things great. And that tells us nothing it's it's a coach hyping up a player especially a young rookie so i i could i could give a shit about this quote
1: yeah i agreed and i mean like for all the shit we've said about van jefferson i mean if you get a guy who gives us what josh reynolds and van gave us here out of a fifth round pick like this you know that's that's fine um expectations are different with van but i mean you get a reliable third, fourth guy out of Puka. I think everyone's happy with that. I mean, he could be more, but that actually works out. Nobody's going to be complaining.
2: Uh, I I hope he out. I hope he's the next Robert Woods, but we'll, keep, we'll <laughs> be great. see about that. I hope he's the next Cooper Cup. That would be amazing you also.
1: Tory Hall, uh Here's offensive coordinator Michael Floor's coat. Quote, not his coat. <laughs> he's a good sized kid he's got a good frame to him he catches the ball really effortlessly he could stay grounded through the catch and so he's doing a good job with it and particularly moving him around quite a bit not babying babying him at all with the motions and the alignments and stuff like that and so he's doing a good job you can tell all you have to do is look at these especially the young guys just look at their eyes when they're in the huddle and you could tell the guys are, are that are swimming the guys that aren't and he's definitely has a calm demeanor about himself and is fitting in nicely so the first half of that quote is basically just reading a scouting report. About Puka. <laughs> he's a good sized kid. He's got a good frame to him. <laughs> okay, Mike. Um, but I will say this, I, it seems like the, the theme of all three of these quotes. And I think in particular, no, I guess all of them is that he's just adapting to the NFL. Well, and while I don't, I don't know if that means he's going to be a good player um, because there are factors beyond that, like health and um, just like skill level in general. Like he was a skilled player in college, but he wasn't lighting the world on fire, so to say. Uh, I think the the recurring theme here is, and I would expect to hold weight, is that he is going to adapt to the NFL well and – figure out the ways to be successful at least mentally um you know it's early to say and that does also doesn't mean that he's going to be able to get open against nfl cornerbacks but um thinking about the game the right way while all of these are real real heavy coach speak um I I give a little bit of a shit about it because it's it's all they're echoing a recurring theme here. And I can't imagine they all got together before these interviews and said, like, what's our Puka Nakua talking point today? You know what I mean? Like they all I'm sure they all came to this opinion themselves.
2: Did you catch uh, did you catch the race in the background? A little bit. Not
1: as bad as it's been in previous spots, but I do hear it
2: holy shit guys i i again never hear this shit unless i'm podcasting i can only i can only come up here to podcast just so i can hear these random noises (laughs) and and they're not small noises it's usually like an airport is somehow you know shifted its way to my house or a race is being conducted I, i think i saw vin diesel out there man
1: Tom Doretta. What a movie. What a, I, I saw that a couple weeks ago. It was truly the most insane thing I've ever watched in my
2: entire life. You know, I, I didn't, I, I haven't watched past the third one. I just, at, at this point, like, do, do you remember the land before time movies? <laughs> yeah, of course. Big it, that, that's what Fast and the Furious has become. Like I'm waiting for the Fast and the Furious 15 at this point. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't no more. But, I, uh, I, I walked out of that movie and I still don't know if I like these movies
1: ironically or unironically at this point. Like, I don't know which one it is. I honestly have no idea. But I was, uh, I had a fucking blast at that movie. What a, what just an insane way to spend
2: $340 million. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back to, uh, Rams talk here. Um as much as uh, our listeners love uh hearing about the Fast and the Furious, they came for the Rams speak. So uh back to um LaFleur's comments. I guess in a way it's kind of nice to hear that he's you know, kind of getting into um the swing of this roster here because, you know, this is a new offensive coordinator, this is a guy that's you know, going to have to get used to this offense coming from, you know, the Jets offense now to the Rams. And so in that regard, you know, him kind of getting into, you know, the mold here, I think that it's kind of nice to see him, um, you know, paying attention to these younger guys uh, along with Sean McVay. And I'm sure he's learning a lot from McVay as well. In regards to the quote, it didn't really say a whole lot, but, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I gave too much a shit of uh, of that quote because it, it's in the end it's just coach speak, and uh, I I hope that that uh, Buka Nakua can live up to the hype because we could certainly use him as as a really good receiver. Uh, but other than that, we'll have to see. It is a little bit more encouraging hearing from Cooper Cup though.
1: Yeah, and, and if like. You know, if you're sitting there saying, why are they acting like people saying positive things is meaningless, just like, just go Google Allen Robinson quotes from last summer and people talking about Allen Robinson and then looking (laughs) at at what the results are. I mean, Coach Beak is crazy. Uh, Speaking of coaches, Johnny, the Rams announced six uh, fellows for the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellows Program, uh, which is Program NFL teams do to uh, help increase the number of full time NFL minority coaches in the league. Two of them are names Rams fans will be familiar with. Uh, A deeper cut, Darren Bates is one of the Rams fellows, and one that I think most listeners of this podcast will remember, Dante Dayon, a former cornerback whose name I still can't remember how to pronounce correctly. Uh I very much give a shit about this for a lot of reasons, but mainly coach Dante Dayon is I am just so excited for that uh I hope they I hope this works out and he becomes a full-time coach because
2: I love that guy,
1: and I am so excited to have him back in any capacity.
2: Yeah, absolutely yeah uh, I mean uh coach Dayon here. I think is, is someone that I think would, uh, you know, be a a pretty decent coach and maybe an elevator in the ranks. You know, Um, I feel like his type of persona is, is kind of passion is type of love for the game is exactly what you need in a coach. And uh, I I think he was, you know, a guy that a lot of people loved in the locker room. Uh, So the fact that he could come back potentially as a coach, um, I think is is a wonderful thing. You know, I, I I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for him. Uh, I don't know about Darren Bates too much as a coach, but you know what? I I'm rooting for the guy too. Why not? Yeah,
1: why not? It's like it's crazy that Dante Downs' career just his last game in the NFL was the Super Bowl. Like, That's true. I just can't believe nobody like signed him to camp last year, and then he
2: just was like, "You know
1: what? I'm calling it a career." Yeah, no, he literally retired. It says he announced his retirement in March second, twenty twenty three, and now he's back, and I am
2: thrilled about it. I mean, at this point, we may need to get him out of the coaching uniform and put him in in pads because. Man, we, we <laughs> don't have a whole lot of depth here.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, well, good for him and, and good for Bates and good for uh, all the incoming fellows. I wish him the best. And now, Johnny, you know, my favorite topic, special teams. Here's a quote from special teams coordinator Chase Blackburn on the Rams having an all-rookie special teams unit. For me, I think it's a rare situation. Obviously, I don't think it happens a ton, but I also think that I was encouraging to me was Jeremy Springer and myself went all all out on the road throughout, I don't know how many we had, 44 or something like that, pro days and private workouts and all that. We were able to get our hands on guys specifically and talk to them and make sure we match the right guys together because a lot of the specialist world, you have a lot of downtime. It's about matching the personalities and mindsets and knowing guys that'll work and I think we find that so I think that was encouraging. And the second part of of that was how many special teams coordinators and former special teams coordinators or guys around that and specialists that I've worked with, with are like, "Man, you got the right guys. You brought in the right guys." And so we we're encouraging to me that our work paid off and now we're just going to keep bringing them along. We're still rookies, we still have a long way to go, we're still in the off season. We're making the right strides. I I do not know what to make of this quote, man. Did he, is he saying that they were pairing guys together because they wanted them to be friends. Like they play different, they're kicker and punter. It's not like they're throwing the ball to each other. I know we've had, uh, you know, we usually have our punter as our holder, but like, that's not even a requirement. Like Stetson Bennett can hold the fucking kick. Like, am I misinterpreting this? Or is that what he was saying? That like, he wanted people who get along off the field to play positions where they don't affect each other.
2: So this quote kind of reminds me of how businesses tend to try and group and sort of maybe not cross train, but sort of get, uh, get to know each other so that you can, you know, so you the business feels more like a family atmosphere as opposed to a, you know, just a business atmosphere. That's kind of the vibe I got there, you know, and and it feels familiar because um, you have like these, you know, department meetings and stuff like that, and I feel like that's what they're trying to do here, you know, having this department special teams meeting, and and I I don't think there's really much to give a shit about here. I think the more important emphasis of what he said, which he barely touched on, was that it's a unique opportunity of having a rookie special teams. That is true. It's a very special thing. And it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. We'll soon see. Um, but it is intriguing. It is an intriguing uh topic going into training camp going into the preseason um because basically we don't know who our kicker is gonna be we pretty much have an idea who our punter and our uh long snapper is gonna be but other than that um it's kind of up in the air i, I doubt we even have a return specialist in mind at the moment but that's gonna be a real interesting uh department to look out for yes uh...
1: It's just such a wild quote. And then he's saying that everyone was congratulating them. I don't know how I believe how many people texted him that. (laughs) But, uh, like, look, I've hired people. You think about the cultural fit for sure. But at the end of the day, when you're hiring somebody, you're not hiring the person you think is going to be your – has the most potential to be your friend. Uh, You're not going to hire somebody who you're like – Well, I will not get along with this person at all, but I just, it's such a crazy quote. That is a a first time for me seeing a quote like that, I think. For such like a, for, I feel like, like, I don't know, they don't, they, they hang out. Yeah, like you want them to be friends, but I would, I think number one, I would want them to be, you know, accurate kickers or, you know, big leg punters. That's just me. It's just me. Uh, hey, let's end on a good note. Uh, Rahim Morris, is this recently, apparently saved a child from drowning, um, which we all obviously give a shit about. Uh, he helped revive a child who was, he noticed a kid was pulled out of a pool, wasn't breathing or had no pulse, helped the doctor with the AED. He, he knew how to set up an AED properly from the Rams training programs. What a guy, man. Uh, Raheem Morris is, is the best.
2: Yeah, I. If you don't give a shit about this, you, you have no heart, you know, no freaking soul either. But, um, yeah, happy for the guy, happy that the kid survived. And, uh, yeah, I mean, now Raheem Morris for his next head coach searching can add, you know, a superhero to his resume. So, And I guess he's CPR certified. So there you go.
1: Love love to see it. I think I hit everything. Did I miss anything?
2: I believe you got everything.
1: Uh, I saw uh, Pro Football Focus ranked Brian Allen as the 12th best center in the NFL. So I think it's time to retire those metrics.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I... Here's the thing about Brian Allen. I feel like, for whatever reason, he gets dogged on a lot um, because of his injury issues, which is something he really can't control. But I feel like when he's actually healthy, he is a decent center. Maybe not the best center. I mean, that goes to Creed Humphrey, which we could have drafted. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah no, no. He, he's a decent center i would say
1: yeah I, i'm i'm being thick he's he's fine uh, i think you can have a good offensive line with him on it um but i don't that's just crazy I, I don't think he'll ever be the cog of that is engineering a good offensive line he will just be a piece of it but we'll see we'll see if he's even a starter um yeah and that's our show uh derek told us that he's got a new show coming soon so if you don't hear it, uh, we will uh, we'll tell them what's good. All right, Johnny. Any parting thoughts here?
2: Uh, just that uh, for the love of God, I want the Nuggets to win the finals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't stand the Heat. I,
2: it, it, uh. I you know I have a colleague that absolutely loves the Heat. And he's been wearing his heat jersey to work, and uh, yeah, I, I just want them to lose. Does this? Now I hear
1: it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Stan Kroenke own the Nuggets, or did, or am I making that up?
2: Uh I think he did at one point, but I think he had to sell him uh, when he became majority owner. Oh, uh, right. No, nah, he he fake
1: sold them. Uh, Josh Kroenke owns the Nuggets.
2: Ah. Okay, yeah, that's right.
1: He had to... Um, no, I think I think Stan owns them. Sorry, I'm backtracking. I think Stan owns them, but he had to give up his position as CEO. And they made Josh Kroenke the CEO.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine having crunky money?
1: Like, I get their investments, but I just fundamentally hate the idea of owning so many different teams in so many different markets. Like to, I guess to Kroenke's credit, he owns the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the Colorado Rapids of the MLS and the Colorado Mammoth of the National Lacrosse League. This is fucking
0: <laughs>
1: the Los Angeles Gladiators of the Overwatch League of, um, so, like, we're the fuck-up for him. Like, we're the team he shouldn't have bought because he already owned all those Denver teams. But this is just me as a Sixers fan who hates the team and is upset that their owner bought the Washington Commanders. Has some goddamn loyalty.
2: <laughs> I say I this. think you feel any <laughs> better, the the Sixers are the better team.
1: I hate I, to. That doesn't make me feel better, Johnny. <laughs> one of the few franchises in professional sports that we have a leg up on <laughs> Just wa- really watching them is making me realize what life would be like if we lost the Super Bowl to the Bengals and just like oh, the, man. the gloom of like what are you supposed to do now um, you know what are the odds your team is better next year What are the odds that you don't do this again? I
2: don't know. And that's what it's like to be a 76ers fan, ladies and gentlemen.
1: But we won the Super Bowl, Johnny. Never forget (laughs) it. As we embark on this likely dark season with uh, (laughs) this defense, We, we won. It was all worth it. We'll be back. If we're not back next year, we'll be back someday. And we... We'll be back next week for this podcast. (laughs) Goodbye.
2: See ya.